Welcome to Key 3 Educators, helping you excel as a Christian school leader, educator, or homeschooler as you outfit students to learn themselves, love God, and live connected. Here's your host, Stephanie Smith. Welcome to Key 3 Educators. I'm so delighted that you are back with me today, and I just want to thank you of all the different places that you can be listening that you have chosen to be here. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different than what I oftentimes talk about. I do not have a specific book that I'm going to tell you. You have to go get. I'm also not going to tell you about an organization that you need to check into or a program that you need to investigate. And this topic today is relevant whether you are a teacher in a classroom, an administrator of a school, a board member, or a home educator. We're going to dive in and we're going to talk about expectations. You know, we hear a lot and we have for the last several years about the importance of communication And while there's value to that, I think that sometimes we have not made the progress that we hope to make in our personal or professional relationships or in the impact that we are having in our classrooms or our schools or with our kids because we have missed something in all of this talk about communication, and that goes to expectations. Whether you are serving as a teacher in a homeschool cooperative or your own children or in a classroom or you're an administrator or board member, whatever capacity that you are serving, if you are involved in children's education, you aren't just educating students, you are shaping future generations. And that's why Key 3 Educators exist. So Hop on over to the website. You can sign up there for a newsletter. I promise I'm not going to spam you all the time. I can't stand that, and that's something I definitely will not be doing to you. You can also check out speaking engagements that I offer, and there are some resources that are going to be showing up on the website as well. All right, let's dive into today's topic. Again, I mentioned early on that we have been focusing for so long now on the importance of communication. And we are taught these different techniques in communication about mirroring back to someone, reflecting back to someone what they say, learning to listen with the intent to understand and not just reply, about making I statements rather than you statements, about expressing and focusing on facts, and then in our own minds saying What's the story we are telling ourselves about this fact? And many of these techniques are incredibly valuable and important, and they make a very big difference. Our word choice makes a difference. Our timing makes a difference. If you have to apologize to someone and there's also something that you want to talk to them about where you think they need to improve in how they are dealing with you, you don't blend those two at the same time. You don't sit down with somebody and say, by the way, I want to apologize to you because the other day when we were talking, I wasn't focused, I wasn't paying attention, I was distracted, I cut you off, I didn't really listen, and I owe you an apology for that. You don't say that and then get their response and then follow up with, by the way, I would also like to talk to you about how you have been showing up unprepared. Because what you will have done because of the timing of those two things, it will sound then like your apology was nothing but an entrance into the point of your conversation. So you keep those conversations separate. 
So our communication language and timing and techniques really do make a difference. But I want to talk about something today that I think that we have not been talking about that we need to bring into this conversation, and it is about expectations. Communication is a fairly inert word. It doesn't have a positive or negative connotation. It just is. Expectations, on the other hand, tends to convey and carry with it more of an emotional or value response to it. Some people hear the word expectations and they're going to have a very positive reaction to that. Other people hear expectations and they just kind of want to cringe because all of a sudden that sounds like demands. That sounds controlling or intrusive or problematic. So I understand from the get-go that the difference even in the word expectations versus communication has a different connotation to it. So whatever the word expectations triggers in you emotionally, I'd ask that you just kind of set that aside and dive into this because the reality is all communication is driven by expectations. All communication comes down to expectations. How we define success, how we define failure, all comes down to expectations. Now, there's this idea that's kind of floating around in some Christian circles that in relationships, we're not supposed to have expectations, that we are supposed to love without expectations of having anything in return. And I'm just going to call baloney on that because while I understand, I think, what the concept is trying to convey, which has some truth to it, I think that, again, our language matters. The context in which we communicate things matters. Love is not the absence of expectations. And we see that just in a common sense level. If a person is married You have expectations of your spouse. You do not expect that they are going to be out carrying on with another individual. You expect that they are going to be faithful to you. That's not being demanding and selfish. That is honoring the commitment that you have made and expecting them to honor that commitment as well because it's responding to the reality of responsibility that you have to one another. And letting somebody out of their responsibilities is not loving them. Now, people may say, well, but God loves us and he doesn't expect anything from us. God is love, yes, but he absolutely expects something from us. He does not demand certain things from us because he's given us an ability to choose. But he does have an if-then throughout our relationships. And if you doubt that, just go back and read throughout the entire Bible, Old and New Testament. Jesus said, if you love me, then you will keep my commandments. There's an expectation there. If you want to be seen as someone who loves me and is my disciple, you will do what I say. That's not just communication. There's an expectation under that communication. And that principle is there from the beginning of scripture to the end, and it's evidence throughout the life of Christ. So our goal of maturity as individuals and as Christians is not to try to live a 
as if we have no expectations. It is rather to look at our expectations and to see if they are aligned with the purposes of God. All conflict is the result of misaligned expectations every single time. And if we only focus on communication techniques and we never get to the heart of what's behind the conflict, which is a difference in expectations, we don't solve problems. We can actually end up hiding our expectations behind techniques because here's the thing. I can practice a communication technique and I can do it in such a way that I never really have to just clearly say, here's my expectation of you. And there is something humbling about clearly stating a person's expectations. Let me give you an example. Let's say that I am serving in a leadership capacity, whether that's in a paid position or as a volunteer, and I have a, some frustration with a team member, and I say something to them like this. I'm just feeling that we're really not on the same page in what we want this class to achieve. That person can come back to me with the mirroring technique and say, so what I hear you saying is that you think that we're not on the same page with what we are wanting this class to achieve. Okay, what have we actually identified that's a problem we can solve? Nothing. We've just exchanged information. We haven't identified a problem that we can solve. But if I say to that person, I have an expectation that for this class, you are going to come with lesson plans that consist of, and then I outline what those would look like, then I have communicated an expectation not just a perception, not just an emotion or a feeling, but I have communicated an expectation. That is what leads to problems that can be identified. And if a problem's going to be solved, it has to be clearly identified. But this is where it gets tricky, especially if we are people who don't like conflict very much, because it's easier for us to say, to stay at that more vague, generic kind of chapter title level than to get down into the specific, say, sentence type level. You see, if I say my problem is that I don't think your lesson plans are age appropriate, well, that's something specific then that we can sit down and look at. But if I just have this, well, I'd like there to be something that would be a little bit more engaging for the students, there's nothing specific there. That just walks away. Both people can walk away and have no clarity about what that actually would look like. If you're in a situation with a person where there is an ongoing problem that just doesn't seem to have resolution, even though you've tried to do that some different ways, I would begin by looking at it and saying, have I clearly communicated my expectation and have I clearly heard from them what their expectation is? Typically, when we talk about expectations that have to do with things that don't really relate to someone's character or someone's methodology, those can be easy to communicate. I expect you to be here by 8 o'clock. That's typically not going to be terribly offensive. It can be in some situations. 
But saying something in education like, I expect you to be more organized, how does that get measured? You have to then get really down to the specifics of what that looks like. When a person communicates at the level of expectations, that is when issues really come to light, and that is when you are able to identify a problem and come up with a solution. Or it is when you will see that a person really isn't interested in committing to solving a problem. The more an expectation is tied to a deeply held value system for us or emotional need, the more likely we are to not speak to it directly. That's right. There's an inverse relationship there. You see, because the more attached to something I am with my value system or my emotions, then the more risk there is if I tell you what my expectation is. Again, I use the word expectation not as a synonym for a demand, but as saying this is what I want from you. This is what I expect from you. This is my understanding of what this relationship is going to be like. You know, so many times we end up with this unnecessary conflict because we really haven't gotten down to talk about our expectations. Years ago, one of my sons made a comment to some other people about how disorganized I was as a home educator. Now, these people knew me well, and they were like, what? And when I heard this statement from my son, I was just blown away. Anybody who knows me, and this has been true pretty much my whole life, knows if there is one thing that is true about me, I'm an organized person. Disorganization has never been my problem. I mean, yeah, there's those moments of that. But as a rule, my life, my home, I mean, it's, it's pretty organized. And I've worked at that to develop systems in place, but I also have a natural bent towards that. So when my son is going off about how disorganized I am, I was just blown away. Well, what happened was I thought, okay, I've got to track this down to define what does he mean by disorganization? There's an expectation under this because clearly we have some very different expectations here that would qualify for what's considered organized and disorganized. Well, when I talked to him about that, what I realized was that for him, organization looked like we do math at eight o'clock. We have history at nine o'clock. We have social studies at 11. And, And so for him, organization was we will do these subjects at these times every single day. Well, that wasn't organization for me. Organization for me was that when we showed up for math, whether it was at 8 or 8.30 or 9, that I knew what we were going to do, that we had a plan and a system, and we were working as part of this this larger program that was going to carry us throughout the whole year. It wasn't just some random day-to-day kind of thing. It's not just expectations from others to us or the expectations that we have of others that we need to clearly identify. It's most important that we identify the expectations that we have of ourselves. Now, I'm going to say something here that if you are a woman listening, might step on your toes, so please hear me out on this one. 
we tend to have this idea that women as a rule, that we have such high expectations that we place on ourselves and that as a rule, we ask way too much of ourselves. And our big problem is learning to say no and not expecting as much from ourselves. And I want to say there is truth to that, but it is not the only truth that we need to hear. We are still people in need of maturing and especially maturing in Christ. And that truth that's over here, let's put that over here on the right side, that truth is there, but on the left side, there is this other truth that by our nature, we will, just as every man will, we will tend to default to looking out for ourselves and not asking ourselves to do the hard work of maturity. That's just true for men and women because of our sinful nature. And so we have to live with the tension of both of those truths being present in our lives. Yes, absolutely. Oftentimes as women, we need to learn to identify areas where we are saying yes because we feel this external pressure to perform. But we also sometimes need to say yes to things so that we require ourselves to step into the fullness of our maturity. In both of those areas, this is where it is so incredibly important that we identify for ourselves, what do I really expect of myself? And as we identify those expectations, then we can go one layer deeper and we can begin to say, and why am I expecting this of myself? Is this something from a purely objective standpoint is rational and reasonable and is a part of the human existence and being responsible for my life? Is this an expectation that has come because of people that I associate with and it's what they're doing, so I'm supposed to do that because I've put this expectation on myself so that I will fit in? Is it an expectation that I am carrying with me from my growing up because this is how my family did it or this is what my family thought I should do with my life? So I'm going to keep carrying that expectation forward in my life. We have to get to the point that we are able to authentically and humbly look at the expectations that we have for ourselves and that we have on other people. You see, when we get to the level of expectation, not and move beyond the level of communication, this is where we are able to say growth and personal responsibility really happen or they can kind of fall off the chart. And it requires a lot more out of us when we get to that level of expectation and owning our responsibility to communicate it. You know, my five sons are all now grown and they live in different parts of the United States. They don't all live right around me. And I have expectations that I don't necessarily always communicate directly to them. And then when I find myself annoyed or irritated or sad or whatever, I have to go back and say, well, Stephanie, have you ever clearly communicated the expectation that your kids are supposed to call you or text you or whatever, you know, however often it is? And if I'm like, oh, well, no, you know what? I've never really told them that that's an expectation that I have. 
that's on me. And so if I'm really committed to building a relationship, then I run the risk then of them not meeting my expectation if I communicate it. So it can be a whole lot safer for me to just never communicate that expectation because then at least I can kind of go, well, they just don't know. That's why that doesn't happen. So just to be clear, don't interpret that as saying none of my kids ever call or contact me. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is we all form these expectations over time and those changes we go through different life seasons. We may have expectations when our children are very young that they behave in such a way that we've never really clearly identified. So there's a two-year-old, and if we have an expectation that we're supposed to be able to take them to the store and they're not going to throw themselves on the floor in the middle of the aisle and kick and scream because we said, no, you cannot have whatever it is that they want. If we've never identified, hey, you know what, I'm really expecting that, then we're going to react very differently. That if we identified earlier, we will expect and anticipate that behavior is going to happen. Therefore, we're going to train for that at home. We will practice at home what we want to have happen in the store. So at home, we'll practice. And you can make this into a game. This doesn't have to be some mean-spirited, okay, kid, today you're going to learn how to take no for an answer. You can make it into a game at home, and then it can become a game at the store. Sometimes we can get really frustrated with kids because they don't live up to expectations, but we've never actually identified and communicated those expectations to them. This is also what happens so often in work situations. You know, it's been said that very few people quit their job. Most people quit their managers. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. Sometimes it's the work itself. But how many times does somebody leave a company, they leave teaching at a particular school, they leave volunteering at an organization, and they go basically and take on the same job position-wise somewhere else, the same type of tasks? Well, what did they leave? they probably left a culture or they left a manager. And so often that comes down to misaligned expectations. And so much of the time, it's a matter that those expectations never got identified and communicated. This plays out in organizational dynamics when you have, for example, a teacher who is being hired to come into a school setting. And there's all kinds of information given about the school and about the course, and here's the curriculum, and we expect you to cover this much of the curriculum. But then there are all those hidden expectations that don't get communicated. Expectations like you're going to have field trips. You're going to have all kinds of experiments that are hands-on that accompany this course. Your class is going to be 50% discussion. You're going to teach this having a lot of teams that do projects together. Or there's not going to be any kind of team projects. Every student is going to work independently. Expectations about parent engagement. How available are you supposed to be to parents and when? And how are you going to communicate to them when there's a problem? 
expectations about responsibilities that you have to help a student? Are you supposed to stay after class? Are you supposed to meet with that student in off hours? Is that totally up to you? Does it make any kind of difference? Boards hire administrators with expectations that don't always get clearly defined. Yes, here's the job title and here's all of the tasks, but many times there are these hidden expectations such as your primary focus is going to be on getting donors and new members into the school. But if an administrator comes in with the expectation that their primary role is developing student relationships, there's going to be a misalignment that occurs and a frustration that can build because those expectations have never been clearly defined. I just don't think you can over-identify an expectation. Okay, I guess perhaps in some situations you could see that, but as a rule, our problem is not that we're going around so clearly identifying and communicating our expectations. It's that we don't get down to that level to begin with. We talk more at the chapter title levels rather than getting down into the sentence levels. And if you read a book, they can have some great chapter titles, but that isn't necessarily going to tell you what the book is about. You've got to get down and read the sentences. So today, I want you to think about where is there an area in your life, whether it's a relationship within your family, whether it's with a colleague, a direct report, a supervisor with volunteers, in your organization, and maybe you've tried to address it in some different ways before, I want you to stop and really ask yourself these questions. First of all, what am I expecting? Who am I expecting this of? What am I expecting of myself in this situation? When and how have I communicated that expectation? Have I communicated in such a way, whether that's been verbally whether that's been in written way, that someone else who had no connection whatever to, to myself or this other person or the situation, if they just came in and all they did was listen to or read my communication, would they be able to walk away with crystal clarity about what my expectation was? Because it's not enough for us to think that we've communicated we need to verify that we have communicated with crystal clarity when it comes to our expectations. And then what you do is once you've clearly identified those expectations, then you're able to say, how now can I communicate these in a timely manner so that I use good communication techniques, I pay attention to my word choice and my language, my timing of all of these things. And I also have an ear that is truly open and a heart that wants to hear what's the expectation of the other person or the other people that are involved in this. Whether expectations have to do with tasks, with timing, with attitude, with how money is handled, with approach, with methodology, with style, with what takes priorities, all of those are types of expectations 
that we have. And again, the goal is not to say, I'm going to eliminate expectations for my relationships. That's just ridiculous. No relationship can function well over the long haul if there aren't expectations in it. That's part of owning our responsibility, and it's part of owning the interconnectedness that we have with other people. So I encourage you, think about your expectations. Get very clear about what they are for yourself and your relationships and about your communication with those. And I think that if you get to that point, you're going to be able to have a much better handle on identifying what's the real problem here. Is it a matter that we haven't communicated our expectations clearly? Or is it a matter that we have such misaligned value systems? And that doesn't mean moral systems. They can just be value systems. But they are so misaligned that this is not going to be a problem we are able to resolve by staying on the same path together. So in that case, how do we adjust our relationship or our positions in a manner and in a timeliness that we don't end up wasting all of this time trying to force an alignment that's actually never going to occur no matter how much we talk about this because at the base of it, our expectations are never going to align. So while you're practicing good communication, Don't neglect the importance of examining the expectations that are underneath that. All right, we're going to wrap up for today. I invite you to come back next week as we dive into another topic. And in the meantime, check out key3educators.com. Sign up for the Three Keys newsletter while you're there. And if you are part of an organization, whether that is a school, a homeschool organization, or a church, and you bring in speakers, for chapels, for parents, or for staff and teachers who need encouragement, visit the speaking page, key3educators.com backslash speaking. All right, my friend, remember this. You have an impact that is immeasurable, eternal, and irreplaceable. Thank you for being with us today. For information on speaking engagements and resources for your school or family, visit the website, key3educators.com. Remember, learn yourself, love God, and live connected.